0: This is the true story. To find out what happens, what happens when people stop being polite. Start getting... <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another episode of The Real World. And I wanted to just jump right into things. So I have a single parent. My mom is the kind of parent who, frankly, ruins whatever kind of game that I think that I have. Because of the way the cars work, if my mom calls. Here's something that a typical conversation can be like. Hey, where's your girlfriend? Like, frankly, like I'm my sister's keeper. But now if I have a cute young thing riding with me shotgun, she now knows that I have a girlfriend. Now, you might ask what me being a creep or doing something has to do with anything. And I'm going to break down how it relates to just being an American. At this moment, I could probably be just like Kamala Harris. If I'm honest a lot of the rhetoric and the things that I'm hearing that are coming out currently and while, again, this won't be a political topic because I say this all of the time I leave politics to CNN and MSNBC and anybody else that wants to talk about it. I think the human aspect of it makes me uh, a little curious about why we tend to look at women in this way. So there's a story that's circling the internet currently. People are saying that Kamala had an affair with somebody for a number of years and it kickstarted her political career. The honest truth is that I don't care about any of that shit. I'm gonna repeat I could care less about any of it. The truth is, Whatever person she did or did not smash has literally nothing to do with her ability to do her job. And to be honest, it's also none of our business. As a man, I know that there are these double standards that we apply to women. But if we're honest about the scenario, let's remember all of us have probably done some real hoe-ass shit things that we've done that we don't want anybody in the world to know it's between me and that other person we're not particularly proud of some of the moments that we've had and last, it has zero impact on the jobs that we're going to do but instead of considering that or thinking about her we tend to look at it from a lens that oh my god she can't be trusted she's done these things in her personal life and you know what? I don't care. Speak to her record. Tell me you don't like some of the policies she, she did, some of the things she voted on, some of the things she stood for. I'm here for that. And I think that conversation kind of goes back to anything. As men, it's first and foremost our jobs to protect the women that are around us. This also goes into thought and not necessarily just by action, sure, you'll hear me speak about it. But the truth is, and I feel like I've said that way too many times, we also have to promote that in our thoughts. We have to be the guardians to say, you know what, this kind of talk is out of bounds and it's not necessary. This does nothing to help anybody. Because if somebody at work asked me what things I did in my personal life outside of my work career, how they impacted my job. I can probably tell you if they thought that I was a dirtbag and I treated women terribly and I was some kind of pimp. Uh, well, that probably would say I'm a terrible person. But let's just say that I'm a womanizer. There's plenty of dudes out here that are playboys. Does that really stop them from getting their jobs done? There are women out here that are getting it. Does that really stop them from getting their jobs done? And do we care? At some point... I know this culture of being constantly in TMZ, constantly wanting more news, constantly invading privacy. We got to roll that back and stop caring about what other people do because ultimately we don't want that same spotlight shined on our life. I'd be deathly afraid that if I ever ran for political office or if my podcast actually gets big, I now have to answer for everything that I've done wrong over the course of my life. And not the little stuff. Um, But you'd never want to answer for like, well, yo, why did you do that? I don't fucking know. At the time, it felt good and it was what I wanted to do. So, just some food for thought. Um, I'm going to keep this moving right along because I think this will be a quick episode. Again, I don't have a guest this week, but I wanted to put some content out for you guys. (sighs) Um... Usually when I do these by myself, I've titled them The Evening Dash. It's a play on one of my favorite podcasts where it's a question and answer kind of thing. And shout out to Bamani Jones. I sort of hijacked that format. Even though plenty of people do it, I like the style that he does it in. Um, But I hijacked that format because that was something that I thought was really kind of fun. Instead of having people reach out to me or soliciting questions like I normally would, I decided to ask myself some stuff. Now, normally, when you talk to yourself, people think you're crazy. This will be the first time that I can actually ask myself a question and answer the question, and literally nobody cares about what I'm saying. I still get to come out looking cool. So sit back for a little bit, rock with me, Um, tell me what you think. And let's jump right into it. First question. Are you scared to watch this Michael Jackson doc that's coming on HBO later this year? So with the rise of Surviving R. Kelly, with all of the information that surrounds Bill Cosby, and anybody else that's been accused of sex crimes, I think the biggest difference is, at least from a perspective of Michael Jackson, his impact on me was much bigger than theirs. I remember wearing the sh- the shiny silver glove as a kid. I remember Thriller. I watched Black or White. I remember so many moments pivotal to my childhood that Michael Jackson was a part of. To this day, I can't help but it's probably in my top five of favorite songs of all time. Off the Wall is definitely in my top five of Most amazing, I'd say, pieces of music in my top five. I am deathly afraid of seeing something that tarnishes that image for me. And given where we are in 2019, and I'll say this has been going on for a few years now, we tend to cancel everybody. There are certain things that you probably cannot come back from. Dead or alive, I think that if you're molesting children, that is something I'm going to have a hard time coming back from. I do not know what I'm going to see if I watch it, but I don't think that I'm prepared to go through that, if that makes much sense. This is the same guy that I saw people fall out for when they saw him. Like the power that he had, he was Beyonce before Beyonce. Like, Beyonce has a, you know, a sea full of women that follow her. The beehive is strong. I said some shit about Beyonce, I think, my first year on my podcast, and definitely had people coming from my head telling me that I'm crazy. Michael Jackson was that for everyone. Black, white, male, female, didn't matter. Everybody loved MJ. So... I'm kind of interested to see, and it's kind of an experiment, how people are going to react to this one. Will they be so quick to cancel him like an R. Kelly or frankly, like a Bill Cosby? Because of what they thought were transgressions that he did. Like, I don't have those answers yet. I'm a little afraid to see them, but I'm interested to see the story. If nothing else, it gives me something cool to talk about on the pod, and it's more material next question do you think that the cancel culture that started with Bill Cosby recently affected uh, R. Kelly is good for the world Uh, so back story I saw Michael Eric Dyson last night I'm sure everybody's seen him on TV on all types of news shows or Bill Maher or whatever else he's done. Might have read a book or two. He paints himself as being the hip-hop speaking, theological, intellectual, you know, black man. Dope dude. He challenged my notion of canceling people. And I'm probably going to screw up the phrase, but... He said something to the extent of, don't cancel people that you agree with. No, don't cancel people that you don't agree with, because one day that culture might also cancel you. His argument was that the totality of somebody's body of work should outweigh some of the sins that they've done. Not all of them, some. He wasn't advocating for R. Kelly because he, like everyone else, thinks, yo, dirtbag, you need to go down. But he used people like Kanye West as an example. If you've heard me, I've been the biggest person that's given up on Kanye. Got rid of my Yeezys. Stopped bumping the music. Unfollowed him on Twitter. All of these things were frankly... Things that I enjoy that I thought that were great, I got rid of because I did not want to support somebody that I thought was doing things that were so destructive to the culture. Now, he made the point of bringing up the infamous Taylor Swift reign and how that wasn't necessarily about him or frankly, Beyonce, but how black people specifically feel marginalized And are always coming in second for people who they are supremely more talented than. For people they work harder than. And that's not to denigrate anybody else's skill level or their talent. But let's be real. Beyonce's video was way better than Taylor Swift's. And that spoke to me. Because certainly Kanye's done a lot of that before he lost his mind. When Kanye was still the backpack rapper, like he was speaking that shit to all of us. I don't know if he wrote it all, but... He definitely had some stuff that made us all think. You saw this through his actions. As he started to lose his grip on reality, and that's what I'm going to assume it is, things changed, and now he's the MAGA hat-wearing dude who walks around with, like, sweatpants, does liposuction because he's a Kardashian, and his world is kind of turned upside down. And we've all decided to shun him because now he's different from us. I don't know the right answer for that because I still feel a certain kind of way towards what I thought are his destructive actions and behavior. But maybe throwing him away wasn't the smart move. If nothing else, it gives me something to think about. And I think that all of us should think about the things that we're so quick to give up on. Especially when we think about the the kind of deeds of a person. Life is long. We've all made mistakes. So if I was canceled for any mistake that I made, which I'm sure I have been, um, stack that up against your worst mistake and let's go toe to toe to see what's what. And if you still feel like that person should be canceled, do that. But maybe that allows you to have some compassion for that situation. Uh, next question. This one happens to be area specific. Did the weatherman being wrong make you angry? So, like anybody else, I think that you get snow in the forecast, supposed to rain. Maybe one day we think it's going to be hot and sunny and it's not. Why the fuck is the weather, man, always wrong? And I know the real answer. You can't predict the weather. This shit's a fucking unknown. known. I get that. But as a person who got the chance to leave work today and do absolutely nothing with the rest of my day, but fuck up my chance to go to another UMD game. I'm over the weather, man, being wrong. Two weeks ago, we were supposed to get, like, I think a light dust and it got seven inches of snow. Today was supposed to be a, you know, a big time ice storm, something, something going on. I look out my window and it just looks mad peaceful. So I fucked up my game. Got stuck in traffic coming home from work because everybody else got let off at the same time. And all for what? Now, as a person who... In 2011, I believe, I got stuck in an ice storm in D.C. that it took me eight hours to get from work to home. I had a full work day in the car. Shoveling shit out, you know what I mean? Trying to help people push cars up and down streets because once one person got stuck, nobody could get by. That was a terrible day. And I was so happy to get back to L.A. that following week because I never wanted to deal with that shit again. Boy, was I stupid for moving back here permanently. Last question. Would you be willing to try Cola from the new Killer Mike show Trigger Warning? So I don't know if anybody else has seen this or even tried to give it a shout. Um... Killer Mike has a show on Netflix. It's like five episodes. Matt, interesting because you know he's the guns out and pro black kind of radical leftist kind of person. And the idea behind Crippa Cola was that Hell's Angels and some of these kind of violent white biker gangs have made a brand that people are comfortable with. As a person who's literally never worn a Hell's Angel shirt because my mom would have first off killed me because my shirt said hell. Second, she would have been like, who do you think you are? Third, the only Confederate flag thing that I think my mom was OK with was me watching Dukes of Hazard. And if shit would have been like it is in 2019, Dukes of Hazard wouldn't have been on the show or been on TV. Look it up. They had a confederate flag on the car. Everybody had a deuce of hazard car. Yep, I had that orange fucking piece of shit that I would pedal down the street, not realizing what the fuck it was. Go figure. But back to the Chris. So Killer Mike's whole idea was that we need to rebrand the things that we do so that they're more acceptable for other people. And can we do that with something like the Crips, who started out as sort of like a brotherhood? (sighs) Miss me with that shit, bro. Like, if a Crip wants to turn cool and does all of the right things, and I don't want any problem with the gang brothers, got no beef with me, but you can't use that name and flip shit to all be cool. Like, I would love for them to try to come out with some Ku Klux Klan fuck shit. Yo, this is the Ku Klux Klan official robe. Everybody rock one. Nobody's buying that shit, bro. And yes, I get it. Crips don't really go out committing crime against other regular people or white people, frankly, but they're all afraid of them. I don't give a fuck. We gotta stop making this crazy false moral equivalency of all certain things. Yo, if you're pushing drugs... Eh, probably isn't the best thing I get it The Kennedy sold liquor Daddy Kennedy got rich selling liquor And that's how they were able to have all of the stuff Up in Maine It's how all of the brothers became senators I understand all of that You can start doing something illegal And move it to legitimate business Shout out to Hove Still my favorite rapper But I say all of that to say I'm not really trying to support things like that When there's so many other positive things that I could support that have less of a negative connotation. If the Crips just wanted to say, the Crips and those dudes in Atlanta, just, they had their money, they tied it together, they decided to do something good with themselves, I'm going to champion that shit all day. But I'm not drinking some real sugar fucking soda water that they made, even if it tastes good, like I'm, I'm off that shit. So yeah, um, check out Trigger Warning, ad for Netflix. Shout out to Killer Mike. (laughs) Um, I know I promised that this episode would be short. There were just a few things that I wanted to say. I didn't even get the chance to really be funny, but I wanted us to think about things as we see things kind of taking hold. And in 2019... The theme around this is not necessarily canceling people because of things that they've done. I don't know if I'm going to vote for Kamala Harris. I don't care if you're going to vote for Kamala Harris. Let's just remember not to cancel somebody because it's something that you may or may not have done in a previous lifetime. Everybody's a saint now. Nobody wants to be a sinner. And like that... I end every episode saying the same thing. Ball players on a rap, rappers on a ball. My name is Darrell of the Rail World, and I will see you guys next week. Peace.